Hello, Courtney. It's time for another podcast. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready, Jim. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Pretty good. So tell me who is our guest? I see your lips moving. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Jim, you can't hear me? There you go. Now I hear you. I don't, sorry, listeners, technical difficulties. Okay, you're about to say something. Is our today? Uh, uh, you went out again. I'm going to read your, you know, that I do sign language. Do you, yes, okay. First word, guest, guest. Yes, okay. First word, guest. Uh, next word, uh, who? Question, who? Who is our guest? <laughs> I got it. I got it. Okay. Here is our guest for today, Courtney. Our guest is Christian Vetter, who is CEO and co-founder at HR Forecast, a German HR tech company. Christian is an HR tech expert with a focus on cutting edge technologies like artificial intelligence and big data. It does not say on his bio that he is a charades master, but I think we will test him out if these technical issues do not (laughs) get resolved. What do you say? Let's give it a try. Open a prayer. Aha, I heard that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully our listeners will hear it right after this important message. You are listening to Tribe Pod, a podcast series of interviews of interest to the HR community. It is hosted by Courtney Lane, produced by Jim Stroud, sponsored by Proactive Talent, and enjoyed by you. Today's episode begins right after this. Recruitment marketing, as compared to maybe employer branding, is all about getting your message and your story in front of the right audience. It's a lot to manage, and what Practive Talent does for our clients is we help centralize, so you have one partner, one vendor to help you manage all those relationships. And not only that, we help you track the effectiveness of every media dollar you spend on hiring, so that you know in real time that you're getting the greatest ROI for your marketing investment to attract great talent into your company. We help our clients with recruitment marketing in a couple ways. One is in recruitment marketing strategy. And with that, we really take the time to help you build the right strategy. And then we get mutual approval on that strategy before you spend a single dime. The other way we do this is through our agency of record service. This is a partnership with you where we're able to reach out to publishers on your behalf to negotiate better pricing, to execute on media campaigns, uh, and really act as an extension of your team. Some of the benefits that our clients have seen working with Practive Talents Recruitment Marketing Services is an overall reduction of 30% cost per applicant. That's really significant. It's showing that we're able to leverage great technology, programmatic, and we're also flexible and scalable. We're platform agnostic. We're always going to use whatever the greatest and latest technology is, whatever the best platforms are to help create efficiencies in your media purchasing so that you're always on the cutting edge. For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at proactivetalent.com or click the link in the podcast description. All right. Well, hello and good day, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Christian Vetter, the founder and CEO of HR Forecast, an AI-enabled people analytics platform that he founded back in 2014. Welcome, Christian. We are happy to have you on today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Off. I mean, tell tell 
folks that are listening in a little bit about what HR Forecast is and really how it how it came to be? What led you to, to create a tool like this? Well, it's a rather long story. I'll try to keep it short. So um, when I finished my studies in 2009, coming from the financial planning and controlling um, side of things, I first had, I met my first encounter with HR. So um, basically it was a company that I worked for and they were about to remove 2000 people from that organization through, due to some um, external pressure they had. And that's when I first discovered that this is maybe not the proper thing to do because all these people, I mean, there are families behind them, etc. So they'll be um, losing their job and they, the company had a, the urgent need to hire people on the other end though. They had different skill requirements. So I thought, well, can't we use data somehow to proactively figure out what are the needs of a company in the future and how can I try to to utilize my existing workforce in the best way um, to, to, to make sure that I have well fewer redundancies and I can make use of the skills in the, in the right way. And that's when we started to bring in the data perspective and try to fuse that with traditional HR methods. What kind of data is a tool like this pulling in to be able to make those kind of assumptions or forecasts? Mm, well, we rely strongly on data that's not within our clients. So it's what we call external data, data that we publicly crawl, a little bit like Google, they, they get fetch all this data around the world, same thing we do. So especially in the, in the talent acquisition or recruiting domain, there's lots of data on labor markets. Um, what are my competitors doing? Which skills are they hiring at this time? Where are they hiring? What are actually the skills these company are companies are hiring versus the skills I'm hiring. Do I have any white spots? Are there any gaps? Am I doing something very good? Or maybe uh, is there some potential to improve my actions? That's basically the whole external data that we utilize. And then we funnel that basically towards the organization so that can, they obviously can use that with their existing workforce or they can think about hiring those people on the external labor market. So what about the internal data component like where does that come in is that something that within the organization themselves they need to have a data analyst that knows how to sort of pull those pieces together or is there a way to plug in and see what's happening within the systems particular ATS or within the HRIS systems yeah so um, most of the organizations we talk to they have done these skill assessments with their people so that usually took them a year or two to um, basically assess what kind of skills they have um, line manager talking to the employees, HR talking to the employees. Now, the, the downside of this is that after one or two years, you do have some rough understanding of what the people might know. So this is where we come into place. Uh, we propose to do it a little bit in a different way because we have um, this, this technology that basically utilizes the data that's already there. So we believe employees, they have this footprint of data points within the organization, could be in the CVs, could be in the training databases, in the talent system, in the ATS, as you mentioned, everywhere. And we basically pull all that data together um, and use an artificial intelligence to automatically extract skill profiles from that so that everybody who uses that has a hopefully more or less realistic skill profiles of themselves. And then, well, that can be obviously be utilized directly. So it's a more like a real-time approach rather than an assessment kind of, uh, yeah, reactive approach. Yeah. So who's 
like who is it in the organization that's engaging or interacting with this tool the most? I mean, is it the, is it the HR team that is owning it and sort of putting, you know, pulling the data out and looking at it and applying it to the organization or are line managers actually engaging with the tool in some capacity? Mm, well, it depends on the use case. So it, it's, it's, it has a very broad um, application uh, range. So when we talk about recruiting, um, it's, it's a lot of data that we bring in from the outside perspective. So um, the data crunching would be done on our end and we funnel it basically to the clients. And then on that their end, the, some analytics people might use it to integrate it with the um, recruiting um, insights they provide. Or um, if we talk about internal use cases such as succession planning or job matching, then even the employees working in the organization, they get direct access to it. Mm. Uh, individually or together with the line manager and obviously HR is going to consume all this data to uh, to then analyze it and find the with the built-in analytics to find out what are the the gaps we have how future fit are the employees in my organization so it's really um, a teamwork effort uh, and depending on the use cases it's it's some sometimes uh, more technical people and sometimes more let's say end user um, uh, target groups using it do you have any favorite use cases? I mean, do you have any examples of where you feel like somebody really came in and leveraged the tool in a pretty special or powerful way? Yeah, my favorite use case is actually the um, the the one that's I would say is connected to strategic workforce planning. So um, this is my passion. Also, um, I, I like to 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 develop methods around that um, domain. So um, one of it. Um, is this equation we recently set up, it's one equals to two, which basically obviously is wrong yeah, in the mathematical sense, but it, what it means is in the, the company that's transforming will have some jobs that will become redundant and it will have other jobs that are in dire need. So one means taking an existing employee, moving it from job A to job B is one move, while the other option is two, which means taking an existing employee, placing that back onto the labor market while having another interaction with the labor market, bringing somebody external in. So that means two interactions, yeah? That's why um, one obviously is less than two. So one is cheaper and I'm, um, and also, I mean, more convenient. It, 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 it allows new career paths. It makes the organization more dynamic as a whole. So this is really my favorite use case to prove, not just from a monetary perspective um, that it that it saves money but also from um, people um, empowerment and uh, employee experience perspective that proactively identifying these people moving them into the new jobs and first of all of course proactively identifying the requirements of the future this is really what hr is all about going a little bit away from the administrative reactive topics more towards strategic planning being proactive and making sure that the organization gets the proper talent internally and then obviously also externally as required. Well, it's interesting from a labor markets perspective. I know here in the US, we are going through what people have deemed the great resignation where there's just um, individuals coming out of the pandemic have decided they either don't want to go back to the job they were in prior to, or it you know created a time for them to really decide they wanna make a complete shift in careers or just to get a shift in employer. One sort of two questions. One, are we seeing that at a global level? I mean, is are employees very mobile right now? People rather very mobile right now in the market globally. Um, and if so, I would imagine that that means you know that sort of 
how this tool comes into play and really understanding the data and the kind of data that's coming in is starting to shift as well. And, and curious if you're seeing sort of shifts in the data. Well, I think globally, the, the trend is going in that direction. I think the pace in the US is always a bit faster than everywhere else. Um, the labor market in the US has always been much more dynamic than the labor markets, for example, in Europe. One big reason is that um, in, in Europe, there are typically very strong employee unions um, advocating for the people. And then also the, the, the social security is, uh, is much more supportive here for people that, for example, are unemployed. Um, well, in the US, it's, it's just much faster. Um, every, uh, 20 years ago, when I lived in the US, it was like that. And um, Germany, watch, for example, was much lower. But I think overall, looking at the, uh, at the workforce, we have a lot of digital talents as well, obviously. Um, locations uh, become less relevant. Yeah, they can work from everywhere. It's more about the time zones, maybe. And it also means the um, culture becomes more important. Yeah, um, And I think a lot of people going out of their office, working remotely, they now understood that maybe the culture doesn't fit so well for them. So that's why they probably are less bound to, to stay with their existing employer. And I think that is one of the reasons why the global shift towards becoming more, let's say, nomadic in an, in an uh, employee perspective or not more dynamic is uh, for sure support uh, being supported right now, yeah. So does it, does HR forecast, um, I mean, does it speak to that sort of culture and engagement piece as well? Or is it really, I mean, is it really more focused on that workforce piece or is it looking more sort of inwardly to maybe this quote unquote softer pieces, you know, of sort of the trends that are happening within an organization or even just within the market, I guess. Well, um, in the end, our, our platform does is also built for, for matching. So um, an, an organization that doesn't have any, internal employees, but rather relies on a swarm of skills, yeah, let's say, um, wherever they may be, needs some kind of technology to make that work. Because in what keeps organizations running nowadays is knowledge about the people, um, the leaders of the teams, they know what kind of capabilities the people have. So if you take out this uh, dimension, the dimension of this knowledge, Obviously, you need technology to understand who could be a proper fit for a project, for a task, for an activity, et cetera, especially with new activities popping up everywhere now. Um, so this tool is for sure, or this app is for sure made to support exactly that use case because it does in the first place make skills transparent. So it goes away from jobs more towards the skills. And then it, it allows uh, the organization to match these existing skills, whether they're internal or external, to whatever needs to be done. It could be job postings, could be projects, could be any kind of activity or requirement. And this, um, in the end, I think is, uh, is uh, also a, bit, a little bit of a vision yeah, that we, we think organizations in the future will be obtaining skills from everywhere. Yeah. So talk to me about the future. What, uh, from, a, from a platform or a tool or an app perspective, how do you see this sort of being continued to grow um, and gain greater adoption in more organizations. Do you, anything you can share about sort of what the roadmap for, um, for the tool is? Um, well, so one of our biggest topics we've been working on is this external data piece that I uh, briefly introduced in the very beginning. So our knowledge basically on what's going on out there at this time. And 
we're currently working on merging this knowledge with the platform. I mean, there are many platforms out there, I guess, that do some of these use cases in a more or less similar way, but I don't know any of them that actually integrates this knowledge about future jobs, future skills, um, the shifts, the trends, etc. So I guess it's we, we owe that to all the employees in the world to make them understand what they're what they can expect. Yeah. So transparency on requirements of the future are currently heavily dependent on the knowledge of the leaders. And if they don't pass on that knowledge, or if don't even they don't might even not have that knowledge, then um, this is where where we come into place and we um, we make that transparent. So everybody should be able to match themselves against any kind of future job and see what skill gaps you might have or a person might have and also see how to how to close these gaps just to also to motivate people to always develop but also to to show them that transformation is not necessarily a negative thing and maybe even though their job might be redundant or the job might change significantly there are many many opportunities out there they might not even think of right now different job families whatever that they can um, that they can uh, well they can take on yeah I could see, I really love the idea of switching from like sort of a job title or trying to kind of, you know, bucket a perspective into more of a skills-based perspective. Cause I think, um, job title alone can be such like a concrete thing, but it also is a little bit built in assumption of maybe with the job title, was it one organization? I assume that that's the exact same job when I come to another organization and I don't know to like peel back sort of the skin and understand that, oh yeah, there may be some sort of differences here. And even how I fit from like a skills perspective. Um, when you think about sort of like future landscape, do you imagine or hope that there will be, you know, even greater transparency and openness in the sense of maybe more even a marketplace where maybe I'm not only looking at like you know, sort of myself matched against skills within my particular organization, but there's an opportunity for me to look at myself against skills of an organization I'm not even with yet today and, and see if there's a potential fit there. Yeah, that would be, well, realistic, I guess, in the near future to have something like that. Um, I don't think employees would mind too much. Um, employers would have to adopt to it. And again, this is very much around the transparency topic I mentioned before. Um, I'm sure not everybody would like that, but um, I mean, as soon as technology is available to do that, sooner or later, companies and people would adopt to it. Yeah. So that's, I think, something we can be, we should be prepared for. I think transparency is a big piece of it. And sort of going back to a little bit of where we see the trend and the, the great resignation, so to speak, where um, I think there's this anecdotally speaking, this feeling that employees sort of had their eyes opened a bit about who their employers really were over the course of the last 18 months. And now they're taking that information going forward and, and, and to some extent really holding their who their current or potential employer is to a much higher standard than they may have previously. Um, and I think transparency is a big piece of that. They want to understand what's going on and don't want to just sort of feel like they're um, a cog in the machinery, so to speak, who, you know, um, is just waiting for maybe their manager to tell them what's happening. Um, and to your point earlier, if their manager even knows, sometimes it's many layers up. Um, so I think transparency is a really um, sort of key piece to sort of what we're seeing happening. Um, are there any 
when you think about sort of like ongoing trends along with transparency and things like that, any other trends you sort of see happening from a market perspective when we look into 2022? Um, Well, one of them I think is globalization of labor markets, maybe not globalization, but of course going away from on-premise recruiting to a more broader scope. For example, in our company, we have grown tremendously through COVID and at some point in time, I mean, we couldn't interview people anyways, personally. So we started hiring them everywhere, um, which now has the big advantage that of course our labor market that was maybe limited to Munich and Kiev before is now, well, everybody's more or less in our time zone. That's great. And I think other companies can learn from that with all the, um, I mean, ups and downs that come along with it. So of course we haven't met most of these people, people personally. So that's of course a big disadvantage there, but, um, that's, I think, something everybody would need to be prepared for. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, sort of, I mean, unrelated, but what has the experience been like on your end as you switched, as your organization switched over to having completely virtual relationships with new employees? How have you seen that sort of internally impacting you as a company? Uh, I, I didn't worry too much about your employees, to be honest, because back then when Florian, my co-founder and me, we had the company, we were only two people and we already lived totally away from each other one in the very north of Germany and the other one in the very south so we couldn't say we could say we are a remote first company from from our DNA so when we hire people already before COVID we always took great care that they are independently uh, working from wherever they want it was also one big advantage I guess compared to bigger employers or more well-known employers that we didn't mind if they would work out of Bali or wherever they wanted to go um, so yeah, I guess that's, um, for us, it's, it was more worrying about the clients, you know, they, how are we going to find new clients if they don't meet us personally, but luckily, uh, they adopted fast. So it's fun. <laughs> it's fun and fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, certainly I think, um, as everything was hitting, organizations started scrambling to really understand what was going on and what to expect. And I think, um, sort of the, you know, data-driven decision-making and things like that is, um, you know, a lot of times has been maybe some words people are saying, but not a lot of follow-through. And I think organizations were sort of put to the test of like, nope, now you really actually do need to understand what's happening within the market and be prepared for it because it got flipped on its head um, and then flipped back on its head again, I think. So, um, well, as we are sort of coming in and wrapping up, I wonder if there are any big takeaways that you would want to make sure that folks think about when it comes to people analytics and, a, and leveraging a tool like HR forecast. Well, I think the two main points are, first of all, what need, what hasn't been um, included into decision-making enough in the past is in integrating external insights on markets and on competitors. Um, so kind of overcoming these data silos, that's number one. And number two is um, going away from jobs towards skills. I think we talked about that actually before. And um, these are the, the, I think the two most important aspects. And maybe just to add a third one, I think what, what companies should be aware about is the strategic component again, they must utilize that much more. I still talk to a lot of large corporates even that they don't even have a, a structured strategic workforce planning process, which in the end combines everything, uh, external and in internal workforce. And I think that is 
the main topic that's going to continue to become more relevant for the role of HR also to learn uh, to learn how to cope with that that has new requirements it's a very analytical driven approach but it obviously also requires people it requires a method and a process so I can just encourage everyone to um, start thinking about a strategic workforce planning journey because that really is I think for me a big game changer in terms of uh, savings but potentials but also in terms of making the business much more successful Absolutely. Um, well, as we wrap up, if folks listening want to connect with you or learn more about HR forecasts, what are the best ways for them to do that? Well, the easiest way is on LinkedIn, I guess. Um, they can either connect with the HR forecast page, follow that. We always have also some knowledge nuggets we like to share, share or they can, of course, engage directly with me. Um, and then, of course, we also have the website, hrforecast.com, um, where everybody is able to download materials and get in touch with us. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Christian. It's been really interesting hearing about the tool and sort of the, the things that we're seeing out in the candidate market right now in the marketplace from an analytics perspective. So thank you again. And thank you to everybody who joined in and listened to the Tripodcast today. Yeah, thanks so much and looking forward to to engage. And um, yeah, let's see how strategic workforce planning will change over the next years. Wonderful. Sounds great. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Wow, that was special. What did you think of it, Courtney? Oh man, it was really great. Like what was really super impactful for me was when mm. he said, "Oh." Then you know he like really he he drove it home. Well, with, you're going in and out again. Is it, you know did, what I mean, Jim? Like, did you feel that too? <laughs> I wish I could say yes, but we're having the technical difficulties again. Do do the charades thing. Uh, he he when he said, "Great." Uh, he was one, one word is super one in one one equals two strategic work i i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry listeners i can't quite understand her charades but if you think you know what she possibly had said about how great this wonderful podcast was please give us an email you reach us at tripod that's t-r-i-b-e-p-o-d at proactivetalent.com we so very much like to hear from you. Until next time, I'm going to wave at Courtney because I think her microphone is going to go out again. And uh, I'll wave at you, dear listeners, that you can't see me, but believe me, I'm waving at you. Until next time, bye-bye.